Hello. And welcome to our meeting. Welcome to our meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind us. We're fighting today. We are, but we are forced to be in the same room. So but are we? What if I just like pushed you over <laughs> out of your chair? <laughs> We'd probably make some money. Yeah, well, right? Yeah, we could monetize that on YouTube. Podcasters go yeah. at each other's throats. Oh my gosh, right? That'd be funny. And if you're watching on YouTube, I don't have a lazy eye. I fucked up my lashes, and so one of them, like, doesn't <laughs> pop up. Like you have a lazy like, eye. So just, like, do that. Just, like, pull them up. Just, I'll be like, guys, it's all fine. Yeah. Don't right. mind me. <laughs> so. So. Here we are. Yeah. We are recording. We are actually recording two episodes today, but yeah. anyway, it doesn't It's going to be a busy month, guys, so yeah. we do wash our clothing. If you see us re-wearing outfits, it's just in the same night. What so. an intro this is. I know, like, right? <laughs> everyone's like, okay, this and is you boring as fuck. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, so our something spiked, I made us margaritas, of How course. fancy this is with a tahine with rim. With tahine rim. So mm, cheers. Cheers. I love a spicy rim. I know. Mm. Eh, it's okay. Oh, well, don't drink it. <laughs> Make your own. Um... I wanted to put a jalapeno in it from my garden, but they're like baby jalapenos right now. They're not fully grown. So I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Just a baby. I know. Just a baby. <laughs> um, so, any news? Mm, none that I can talk on the podcast about. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we should probably go ahead and get started. That way she doesn't like start spilling the beans uh. and... Yeah, then it's going to become a big deal. So anyway, <laughs> let me do our disclaimer. Um, our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed is found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. And the COVID prayer is... <laughs> jab, 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 jab. jab. <laughs> Anyway, okay. I introduced my new partial roomie to him, and he loves oh. the hiss. Like, oh, good. The hiss is the best. Yeah, part. the hiss is the best. So, if you don't know who we are talking about, we were talking about Ty the Fish. He's a comedian. He is just so funny. Like, right, wrong, and different, whatever your yeah. views are. He's just funny about a lot of things. So. And he followed me on Instagram, and I fangirled a little bit. So. Uh, he did. He still follows you. I so, know. Yeah. Ah! Like, Ty the Fish. Right. We need, we need you. We need to do an episode with you. So yes. we need a collab stat. So if you're listening, call your girls, because we love you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we are talking about John <laughs> Dillinger We don't today. have a drinking word. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. D uh, John Dillinger. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that might help you okay. pick the drinking word. Do you know who he is? No. Okay, so he's a famous mobster. <clears throat> so can we do mob? No, you you oh. can do Rob. What about Bob? No, <laughs> no, no, Bob. Bob either. No, Bob. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Wait, I can do Bob. No. Or sorry, Rob. <laughs> Now I'm confused. Yes, Where Rob. am I? Okay, Rob. Rob, and not like the male's name, like you're robbing Like Rob, a baby. robbery, robbing. Yes. That would be good. Okay. You want to Rob. Okay, Rob. Rob, 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 Rob. So, what the fuck is this episode? I don't know. Okay. People are going to love it. 
So um, we are talking about John Dillinger. So anytime you hear the word rob, robber, robbing, robbed, whatever, uh, take a drink if you're 21 and up and drink along with us. Yes. And if you're not 21, then um, sip on that baba. Nookie <laughs> nookie. So, John, no, it doesn't. John Dillinger was an American gangster uh, in the Great Depression. Uh, He was the leader of the Dillinger gang, and he was accused of robbing 24 banks and four police stations and murdered at least 10 people. And all of this took place from June 1933 to July 1934. So in one year and one month, all of that took place. If you told me right now, hey, take me to 24 different banks, <laughs> I would say, uh, no, I, 24 banks? 24 banks and four police stations. And this was back in the 30s when, yeah. weren't banks not as, I don't want to say popular, I mean. Oh yeah, it's not it's like today where there's like five on one every corner, corner, but yeah. Wow, 24 banks in a, a year? In a year. Yeah, that's dedicated. That's a lot. Dedication. So we are changing things up a little bit. We talk about serial killers or serial rapists all the freaking time. But now we are talking about a cancer mobster, y'all. And he is technically considered a serial killer because you have to kill how many people? Two or more. Three or more. Three or more. Yeah, you don't remember our trivia. She's (laughs) fired. She's fired. I mean... One or more. One or more. I meant to say more more than two. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> more than two. Okay, good job. Um, so, he is a cancer. Um, he was born June twenty second, 1903. We'll talk about his childhood here in a minute. Uh, but according to One India, not Times of India, One India. What's up wow. with the India, Indian people like being all under the Zodiac stuff? Spiritualness. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. So let us know in the comments. (laughs) Yeah, if you are Indian, like from India, or like, I guess is that, like, wouldn't that be like Hinduism? Mm -hmm. I wonder if they. Yeah, I guess or Buddhism. Um, Are you guys like super into astrology? Because if so, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Interesting. Maybe we can convert. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just kidding. Leave us a comment, Nana. I'm just kidding. If you're listening, I'm just kidding. She is a Christian. Woman. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Next to Fauci, of course. Yeah, next to Lord Fauci. So, um, according to One India, a cancer is considered the most dangerous criminal. The FBI analyzed data in order to determine the most dangerous signs. And they said, cancers can be very violent and tend to be the most dangerous criminals of the Zodiac, followed by Tauruses. Really? Yep. They also said that most cancer killers are passion killers and they tend to leave a distinguishing mark on their victims' bodies. Cancer criminals tend to lack mental stability when angered. They often see red. So when you say leave distinguished marks, like they well, carve a symbol in their skin or crazy, like it's just... Crazy Charlie bit his victims. And so, left a spoon. In the skull. No, that was Crazy Charlie. I'm oh, yeah. That. I was talking about yeah. Hannibal. Yeah. Sorry. Hannibal the cannibal. Yeah. I was going there, but he did. He left a spoon yeah. in the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 So, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
So, pretty crazy that they are the most violent criminals. Yeah. Mm. FBI, like, analyzed that. But not the most prolific of serial killers. Nope, just violent. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. Great for a mobster. Great for a mobster. Oh, for sure. And you'll hear a little bit about that. So, John Herbert Dillinger was born <laughs> June 22nd, 1903 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, he was the youngest of two kids. Uh, his parents were John Wilson Dillinger, who was named after his dad, and Mary Ellen Lancaster. Dad was a grocer, but apparently a really mean, harsh man. Um, it was said that he did abuse the children, but he also loved his children so much that he wanted them to succeed. He wanted them to be good. So when I say abuse, is an ass whooping abuse? Not in my book, because I got my <laughs> ass whooped many times as a child. And she's fine. And I, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> Now, this one's never been spanked, and you can tell. <laughs> it's true. She really has It was more just emotional abuse. And you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but to, to the point of this guy, like, even though I'm not saying it's right, uh, back in those days, like, obviously, yeah. like, we would consider probably abuse. They considered it parenting. So. Parenting. Exactly. And so what I'm saying is, you know, one of the articles that I read so that he was a harsh dad and he was mean and he was abusive. But then another article that I read said that, no, he just disciplined his children yeah. like normal. Like yeah. they got spankings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, John Dillinger, from what I read, he did not say that his dad was abusive. So he said that his dad was a great dad, that he was a great parent. There were hardships, but... He was always there for him, and we'll kind of hear a little bit about that. Um, so, Dad was a grocer. Um, Mom ended up dying a couple years after John was born, so right before his fourth birthday. Um, she got super mm -hmm. sick, ended up passing away, and so John moved in with his older sister, so obviously his sibling, Audrey, and her husband for about five years. Um, dad was a single parent and it was hard for him to take care of not only himself, but John as well. So he was like, here, go move with your sister. I'm sick Let of her, you. Yeah. I'm sick of you. You little shit. My, my fist is sore. My from parenting. My hand is callous <laughs> from whooping that ass. So move in with your sister. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, move in with your sister. So he did for about five years until dad ended up getting back on his feet. He got remarried uh, and he moved back in with dad in 1912. Um, so as a teen, John got in trouble, mostly for fighting, like petty theft, like stealing little things from the school, you know, stuff like that. Um, but he also got in trouble for bullying other kids. Hmm. Um, and he was said to have a feisty, assholeish personality. I thought like, you were just going to stop it. Feisty <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and I was, ah, I have questions. No, he had a feisty asshole. No. He <laughs> had a feisty, assholeish personality. So he was mean. He was a jerk yeah. to people. Um, although it said that he had a lot of friends and he was popular, he was just a mean bully kid in school. Hmm, okay. So, um, he ended up quitting school and he worked in a machine shop, like a large, like, plant, you know, that made, like, machinery. Like um, a factory? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Dad wanted uh, his son to be a good man and to not steal things and to not get in fights. So he's like, you know what? We are moving from Indianapolis to a small town called Morrisville, Indiana. So they moved there in 1921. Uh, John is now 18 years old. Um, and unfortunately, the move didn't help him change. Probably so, made it worse. Yeah. Probably made him angrier. Yeah. So, didn't help him change. Uh, and the next year, he was arrested for stealing a vehicle. So, um, him and dad kind of grew apart, and he just loved the crim criminal life. And dad was, you know, working in and out of the grocery store and working in and out of the church. So, um, mm. he's like, yeah. So, this is when he becomes, like, a Christian man. And we'll hear a little bit about it in a minute. Dad so, becomes a Christian man or, like, yes. family becomes a Christian family? Well, or family's like, a Christian family, but dad becomes, like, involved in the church. Got it. So, active okay. in the church. So, 1923, two years later, he's 20 years old. He decided, you know what? I need to change. I'm going to enlist in the Navy. And he did. He enlisted in the Navy, and he was pretty successful for the short period that he was in. Uh, he was a third-class officer as a machinery repairman, and he worked on uh, the large battleships, inclu including USS Utah. Um, whenever the USS Utah battleship docked in Boston, Massachusetts, he ended up fleeing and leaving and was dishonorably discharged from the Navy. Okay. I'm terrible with history, but we are in the 20s. Yes. So there is a war going on. Probably. World War One, maybe? Oh, sorry. My phone is on. Silent? Yeah, put that shit on. Um, 1923. Would that be World War One? I? I am terrible with history. It was either that or it was the start of World War Two, which ended in the 40s. But we weren't in World War Two then. And we weren't even in World War One at that time. So... And World War One ended in 1918. One moment while we educate ourselves guys <laughs> we want to make sure i feel like we have this conversation anytime we talk yeah, about the we 20s really, and the 30s we're like wait there was something going on we weren't really involved in a war in 1923 so okay well yeah there you have it yeah i, mean, I was world gonna give war him the benefit II, of the doubt say it was a stressful time no i mean no world excuse. war Two had started but we weren't involved at that point yeah so that doesn't you know okay so anyway, he <laughs> uh, gets dishonorably discharged, you know, obviously because he just left. Yeah. And they're like, well, he kind of, you know, didn't really care about the military anymore, so he's going to be dishonorably discharged, and he was. He, he ended up moving back to Morrisville and uh, met the love of his life at that time. Her name was uh, Burley Ethel Hobius. Wow, yeah. what a name. Burley Ethel. Burley Ethel. Hovius. Hovius. Yep. So they got married the following year, April 12th, 1924, but five years later in 1929, she decides to divorce him because he's a criminal. No, oh, shocker. Yeah, shocker. Okay. So um, he had a tough time finding a job or holding a job throughout this entire period, so that's kind of why he decided to be a criminal. He met a, na a man named Ed Singleton um, and decided to rob a grocery store. Uh, they stole $50 from the grocery store, and John uh, Dillinger struck the man, the, grocery, the man who owned the grocery store, over the head with a metal bolt, knocked him out, uh, didn't kill him, 
But when him and Ed were leaving the store, the city minister that worked at the church recognized the boys and called the police. Damn. So they recognized the boy because John's dad, John Sr., worked Worked. in the church. Oh, I was going to say worked in the grocery store. But the church? Got it. Worked in the church. So John's dad ended up discussing the situation with the prosecuting attorney and convinced his son to confess to the crime and plead guilty. The prosecution said if he did that, then they would be lenient on the sentencing. Well, they lied. When he was sentenced, he was sentenced to, convicted and sentenced to, assault and battery with the intent to rob and conspiracy to commit a felony and was sentenced to 10 to 20 years. And we said rob like three times. Whoa, 10 to 20 years? 10 to 20 years. Wow. Yep. That seems extreme. Very extreme for a first offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For... Robin Robin assault, assault, basically. Yeah, Robin assault. Huh. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could make a lot of, like, comparisons, but if you guys get it, that seems like a lot. Yeah, seems like a lot. Um, Ed Singleton, his counterpart, got 2 to 14 years. So that just kind of tells you, it's like, whoa, what happened here? Yeah. Um, And Ed actually ended up dying in prison 13 years into his sentence. But, oh my god. Yeah. That is yeah. like awful. Yeah. His father was pissed, uh, told reporters that he regretted his advice to have his son plead guilty. Clearly. Um and I read something and I don't know the validity of it because if I think about the law, um I read something that said that his dad convinced him to not have a defense attorney and to mm. just plead guilty. But I feel like in a case like that, if they're holding ten to twenty years you would have to have a, a lawyer, an attorney, but who knows? The time track know them are a little different, so who? Yeah, who knows? But but that does seem very extreme, especially since he pled guilty. Yeah, and it was his first offense. Hmm. Yeah. So um, Dan felt guilty, tried to do whatever he could to get his son out of prison because he felt like it was his fault. Like in a way, yeah, he's like, "Well, I should is. have never told him yeah. to plead guilty because my son wouldn't be in prison." Um, but unfortunately he ended up serving quite a bit of time. Um, he was sent to the Indiana reformatory, um, and the Indiana state prison. So he served time out of both from 1924 to 1933. He stated in an interview quoted, I will be the meanest bastard you ever saw when I get out of here. And he wasn't fucking kidding. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, while he was in prison, of course, you know, prison doesn't reform anyone. It makes you worse, but we won't go down that rant again. Um, He (laughs) made friends with other known gangsters and other known mobsters. So, some of the names, if you are into that kind of thing, uh, Harry Pete Piermont, Charles Mapley, Russell Clark, and Homer Van Meter. So, we're going to talk a little bit about them throughout the rest of the story, but... Basically, they were all gangsters and known mobsters with the well-known names like Babyface Nelson and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's pretty crazy. He made friends with them and they all conspired about what they were going to do when they got out of prison. They're like, hey, we need to figure out what we're going to do. And this is where they end up uh, developing their gang. They're so. like, guys, I have this great idea. Book club. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to exchange books, but yeah, uh, seriously. So, 
Um, this is where, you know, they conspired about their next crimes and particularly in robbing banks. Oh, good. And I feel like this was, I know we talk about the 60s and 70s being like prime time serial killer. I feel like this, is this was the prime time of the mobs yes. and the gangs. Yes. It was like cool. It was so cool. Wasn't that, you know, I'm not going to embarrass myself with history. Moving on. What were you going to say? I was going to say, wasn't that the time of Bonnie and Clyde? But then I realized how stupid that was. Yeah. That's okay. But here I am being stupid. I mean, like 20 years prior. It's okay. 20, 30 years prior. Early 1900s. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Um, So, at this time, too, Dillinger was also studying the Herman Herman Lamb's bank robbing system uh, while he was in prison. So, I couldn't figure out if this was a book or if it was like... Somebody had written this. Like, I couldn't figure Folklore. out what this hand. Yeah, right. Tall tale. Right, like Greek mythology. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but basically, yeah, basically he was just trying to figure out how to rob banks successfully. Because okay. he didn't want to get caught again after robbing a fucking grocery store. I mean, guys, the only way to get better at your craft is to study it. Hard work and dedication. Amen. So. All right. So, John's dad is still feeling guilty at this time. Um... Ends up forming a petition, gets 188 signatures on it, to release John from prison, saying that he was unlawfully yeah. convicted, it was too hefty of a sentence, and he succeeded. Nine and a half years later, on May 10th, 1933, his son was released. See, I feel like this is foreshadowing, because it's like yeah. he felt guilty, because yeah. he's like, oh, I'm the one who put him in this position, and so he's like, you know what's going to be good is if I help him get out, because... He's not that guy. He doesn't right. deserve this. He's and a good he's gonna... man. He's a changed person. Oh, in the meantime, that way. he's and then figuring he's gonna out this. what banks that he's going to rob. Yeah. He's like, hell yeah, yeah, they won. Let's go. So, um, May 10th, 1933. So, he was released literally in the middle of the Great Depression. Um, clearly couldn't find a job, so what did he decide to do? Well, I need money. I'm going to rob some banks. So, that's what he did. I mean, that's logical. Very logical. I did read, um, and it was kind of just like a story about John Dillinger and this guy. You can kind of kind of tell that he was like obsessed with like mobsters and stuff. I mean, it was a cool story, but he said that um, John Dillinger decided to become this criminal in the Great Depression because he wanted to be able to just give people money. I doubt it, but he did. Okay, he did give a lot of people money. Well, then I take that back. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know if it's like, oh, okay, like I and you're gonna hear you say about that once how you much get caught. Money. And yeah, right, exactly. Or um, it was said too, like he would have so much money from these banks mm-hmm. that he would just be walking to his car after the crime and like hand someone a thousand dollars or something, <sighs> Man, or like I... throwing money. Like <gasps> it was, it was wild. So, but this guy clearly stated that he wanted to give back to the community during the Great Depression because people didn't have anything, which I can see that, you know, for sure. And, I mean, with the money that he had, which you're going to hear about in a year, it's absolutely insane. Wow. I mean, 24 banks. 24 banks in a year. A lot of banks. (laughs) So, um, before I go deep down into his criminal career, if you haven't seen the movie Public Enemy with Johnny Depp, you definitely should because literally everything that I'm talking about is in the movie. Oh. And it's, such a good movie. I mean, number one, I, I love Johnny Depp. I'm Team Johnny all the way. 
But you prejudice woman hater. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, shut up. But it's a really good movie, and it talks about the rest of the story that I know. I don't know so. if I've seen it, if I'm being completely honest. Yes, you should, but I will. Put it on the list. It's on Netflix. Okay. Right now. Sure. So, June 21, 1933, just a month and 11 days after he is released from prison. Oh, no. He robs his first bank. Successfully, apparently, because we got 23 more. Yep. New Carlisle National Bank in Chicago, um, stealing about ten thousand dollars. So in 1933, that is over two hundred twenty thousand dollars today. Whoa! Just to tell you the amount of money that Holy he stole. Holy shit! Yeah. August 14th, uh, two months later, he robbed another bank in Bluffton, Ohio. Uh, this was short-lived because he was caught in Dayton, Ohio a couple of days later, uh, arrested, transferred back to Allen County Jail in Lima, Lima Ohio, um, and at this time, he is developing an escape plan. Oh, nice. Yep. yep. Like, we're talking escape plan, like, he's working or he's etching at the walls. <laughs> You're going to hear about it. It's a whole plan. Okay. So, while the guards are transporting him into the jail, they're patting him down, they come across this piece of paper, and the paper is literally the plan for his escape. Oh, my God. What an idiot. Yeah. Literally the plan. So, they ask him about it, and he doesn't say anything. He's like, wake up at 6 a.m., have <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fold my bed sheet. Lure the dog with the <laughs> keys in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Kill off guard number one, like... Pretty much, pretty much. Oh, what an idiot. Yeah, so he doesn't say anything about it. Um, and honestly, the guards, like, don't think that it's a serious thing. So, uh, him and the inmates develop this plan, and four days after being put in this jail, eight of his friends had escaped the Indiana State Prison. So, not where he's at. He's in Ohio. They escaped the Indiana State Prison... Using guns, they shoot two guards and kill them. Now, these eight people have been in correspondence with John Dillinger. They're part so of the same gang. Part of the, he went part to of the jail. Mob. They like make like came yes. up with this plan. Okay. Yes. So they're friends. They're like, like how hey, are they if, communicating? Right. I have phones. I mean, they had phones back in the thirties. But so. I mean, if they're each in jails. Oh, well. So they did this before they got in the jails. Yeah, so he Went had, to jail and they just knew, okay, we're going to follow through with the plan. They knew. They yeah. knew. Okay. They also had okay. talked about it prior to being incarcerated. Like, if any of us go to jail, this is what we're going to do okay. type of thing. So they had put two and two together and they made this plan. So and Apparently it works. Yep. Four days after he's in jail, eight of his friends escape the prison. They shoot two of the prison guards and kill them. Fast forward two months later, October 12th, four of those eight escaped prisoners show up at the Lima Jail stating that they work at the Indiana State Prison and they are there to extradite John to the state prison for a violation of his parole. Shut up. That is brilliant. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god, good job yep. guys. Yeah, Honestly. seriously. That deserves a round of applause. It does. So, when the sheriff asked to see their credentials and proof that they actually worked at the prison, uh, the sheriff was shot to death. Ooh. The men took his keys, 
locked up the sheriff's wife and the other deputy in a cell. Um, Why and was a, his wife there? Working? So, from what I read, the prison was very small, and above the prison was an oh, apartment like the quarters, complex, yeah. like, where they lived. Okay. Yeah. That's so, sad. she was there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, they locked her up, and they locked the other, um, uh, the other guard up in the cell. So, uh, they then obviously released Mr. John Dillinger. Uh, the four men that were identified are Harry Pierpont that we talked about earlier, Russell Clark, Charles Mapley, and Harry Copeland. So, so like, again, famous. The guys, yes, famous mobsters and the guys that he met whenever he was first incarcerated. Wow, this is really smart. Very smart. Huh. Very smart. So, he's... Obviously, he escaped from prison. All of them did, right? Uh, many robberies happened after this as well. Uh, they also started robbing police stations. For what? Guns? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they stole machine guns, rifles, revolvers, all the ammunition you can think of, and bulletproof vests. They wanted to make sure that if they were robbing these banks, that they had everything that they needed, and that if they were being shot at, that they would stay alive. Yeah, and it's also a disadvantage, because if you take all that shit and immediately go rob a bank, well, then there's nothing to fight back. Yep, yep. So, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the Dillinger gang members shot and killed a police officer later that year, December, in Chicago. Um, a month later, another one of his gang members shot and killed another police officer in Chicago. So, it was known that the Dillinger gang was violent. Obviously. And that they would, like, point blank shoot these cops in the Yeah, face. like, no chance. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. So, um, the next year, January 23rd, 1934, uh, they ended up in Tucson, Arizona. Where they were staying at was in a hotel... Um, a fire broke out in the hotel where Clark and Mapley were hiding. So, again, all of these people are on the run, right? They've all escaped prison or jail. So, a, fight broke out, or a, fight, a fire broke out at the hotel where they were hiding. And uh, firefighters ended up recognizing Clark and Mapley and called the police because they recognized them from their wanted mugshots. Called the police. The police arrested them. Dillinger, and Pierpont. So they all four got arrested because of this fucking fire that happened at the wow. hotel. Okay. Yeah. And then all crime ceased. To, I mean, it all stopped. And it's a happy ending to the story. Nope. <laughs> but the cops, whenever they arrested them, they took the machine guns, the bulletproof vests, and $25,000, which would be, Jeez. oh, like almost... Over half, half a million. Over half a million, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So while in jail, they were extradited back to Crown Point, Indiana. They were awaiting trial for the murder of the police officers in Chicago. Uh, the sheriff stated that the jail was escape proof. Well, it wasn't. Because yeah, the Titanic is also unsinkable. So. And, it <laughs> and we will not go down that conspiracy rabbit hole with you all. But. Um, on March 3rd, 1934, Dillinger saw, saw a guard walk by, him, by his cell, and he was like, hey, come here. Stuck his hands <laughs> hey, through, choked the guard, and said, and held him at gunpoint to um, his back, 
Tez back. So here's the the guards right here. The he's behind the cage and hold this way. Yeah, show us how it's done, gangster. Right there. Anyway, holds the gun to his back and told the guard, "Open the fucking cell. Let me out." Whoa. So the guard lets him out. He throws the guard in his cell. He locks it. Of course. Ends up grabbing the machine guns that were in this jail, locked up all the other staff, and escaped. Do you want to know the funny thing? Yes. When he held the guard at gunpoint, it wasn't even a gun. It was was his hand? It was a wooden gun that he had made. So he had made, like, a piece of wood and shaped it into a gun. What an idiot. Yeah. Right. I thought you were saying like the gun was carrying a fake, and no. then it's like, well, then he should have known no. it was a fake. Yeah. No, okay, the so gun the that guy. was on the okay. back of his back. Well, at least it, it wasn't was his blood. fingers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Open the door. Open the door. Open it before I shoot you with my fingers. They're strong. Finger pistols. Pew pew. Okay. So grabs the machine guns, locks up everyone, and leaves. Dillinger at this point made a stupid, stupid decision. He stole the sheriff's car. Okay. Drives it across state lines. Okay. So because he stole the sheriff's car and drove it across state lines, he violated the National Motor Vehicle Theft Act, which warranted a federal offense, which would now allow the FBI to get involved. Oh. Mm. So instead of dealing with state police or city police or whatever, now the FBI is involved. So he's fucked. Yep. Well, I mean... You know, buddy, bad, just poor, poor life decisions. Poor life decisions. (laughs) So he was wanted nationwide, obviously, by the FBI. So his mugshot was spread all over every newspaper article that there possibly was and every... I'm going to Google it. City and state. That's fine. Because I don't think I know what he looks like, actually. Yeah. Does he look like Like John Dillinger? No. Oh, wow. He looks like a typical... Mobster. Mobster. Right? Yeah. yeah. Show Hold the fans. I, I will. I mean, just typical. He's got oh, a nice yeah. little button nose. Oh, yeah. He is a mobster. Yeah. That's him. That's Mr. John Dillinger. Terrible hairline. I know. But... <laughs> so, he returned to Chicago. Um, his girlfriend at the time, Evelyn uh, Frechette, was living there. Mm. Um, they then moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, where Dillinger started working with Babyface, Babyface Nelson. So, um, obviously, I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Yep. Um, his actual name is Lester Gillis, um, but he works with Babyface Nelson and other gangsters, and they continue robbing more banks, of course. Hmm. Yeah, Babyface Nelson's a much better name than Lester. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> well, Can you imagine robbing a bank and you have some shitty name? Like, you're like, you know me, Lester the Outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, get the fuck out of here and take your pacifier with you, Lester. Right, right. Well, you know why they call him Babyface Nelson, right? I'm having major deja vu right now. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. No, I don't know. Because he literally had a baby face. Mm. Yeah. I actually did know that. Yeah, like he looked younger than... No, you didn't. He looked younger <laughs> than what he actually was. But. Okay. Um, so, continued robbing more banks. Uh, March 30th, 1934. Again, the FBI is involved. Um, so, an FBI agent talked to the manager of the apartment complex where John and Evelyn were living. 
they had received some tips from, you know, people because there's mug shots everywhere. Yeah. Right? The wanted signs everywhere. They received some tips that John had lived there. The manager stated that uh, she had two weird tenants that went by Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Hellman. Um, and she said that they were just very quiet. They didn't really say hi to anyone. Like, they tend okay. to only get out at night. Like, wouldn't really leave during the day. So the FBI was like, yeah, this is them. Yeah. Um, FBI began watching the apartment. Uh, so the next day, they decided to knock on the door of the apartment. Evelyn answered and quickly closed the door and locked the door. <gasps> So, <laughs> yep. In the apartment was John Dillinger and some other mobsters. Um, the agent called for backup, and while the FBI was waiting, uh, they saw a man enter the hallway. They asked who he was. They said, "Hey, who are you?" And it was Homer Van Meter, so one of the guys that he met in prison for the first time he was in prison. Homer drew a gun, shot at the agents, and fled back into. The hallway or other part of the building, uh, escaped the building, forced a truck driver to drive to another mobster, Eddie Green. So, wanted this truck driver to drive to Eddie Green's apartment. Hmm. Back at John's apartment, uh, this is when they're like, you know what? All hell's gonna break loose. So, the mobsters open up the door, they start firing this machine gun into the hallway at the FBI agents. In the meantime, John and Evelyn flee out the back door. Um, end up escaping, and John got shot in the meantime on the way out, uh, end up escaping and drove to Eddie Green's apartment where his gunshot wound was treated. Oh, my god! So he lived. I feel like going to another mobster's house isn't the best plan. Like, I feel like they've caught on that you guys are all friends. Exactly. Exactly. And I read something, and I didn't know for sure if it was true or not, that the FBI agents ended up showing up at Eddie Green's house, like, the next day, and that he was arrested or whatever, but yeah, I didn't I mean, know for sure if that was true. Even if they didn't know, like, where this guy's house is, you would think, being like John, he'd be like, hey, they are going to be watching where I'm going, and so I'm not yeah. going to also get my buddies caught, but he's yeah. also probably something of a narcissist, so. Yeah, 100%. And they're clearly, you know, housing a fugitive, and so yeah. it just happened. So, um... John and Evelyn make their way back to Morrisville, Indiana, where they stayed with his father. So, oh, until and he I'm was, sure the father just opened with he's like, you know what? I love you, son. I love you, and I'm sorry. He but actually did, and he was pretty supportive of his son, which Ooh, is wild. Oh so, lord! He nursed his son back to health because he had this gunshot wound, right? Uh, Evelyn decided to go back to Chicago to visit a friend and just needed a break. Yep. And she was arrested by the FBI. Um, she was convicted of conspiracy and fined with $1,000 and sentenced to two years in prison. She never said a fucking word. And still to this day, she won't talk about it. Probably smart because she knows these guys don't play. Well, that and she was Loyal. she was in love with John. Like even though he was a criminal, like it was said that he treated her like uh, like an angel. Hmm. Like okay. he was in love with her and she was in love with him. Yeah. So uh, John was still robbing banks and at this time, obviously trying to get Evelyn out of jail because she was in there for his crime. So he felt guilty. Yeah. Surprised she didn't get twenty years. <laughs> right. In total. Um, which you'll need to hang on to that for a second. But, uh, before I get there, 
the only reason why it was said that she got arrested was because the FBI was trying so hard to arrest John that they couldn't. And mm-hmm. so they thought if they arrested her, Bates. then she, then he would come and say, yeah. no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll just go to jail. Yeah. Like release mm-hmm. her. Wow. But he didn't. So in total, he robbed 12 banks or 24 banks. I don't know why I said 12, 24 banks <laughs> in one year. Totaling over $200,000, which would be over $3.5 million in a year. today in, in a, a year. year. $3.5 million wow. today. So this is why it kind of goes to the claim of what that guy said, where he's just passing out money to people. Yeah. Because he has money. Yeah. And it's not like he can go put it in a bank. Yeah. Well, like. and, I mean, cash was... Pretty much used yeah. for everything at that time, but still. Right. Like, no, you're carrying all that with you. And, yeah. And you're on the run. Yeah. It's not like you're, like, in hiding. Like, no. you're on the run. So, you're literally just giving people money. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, the FBI received a tip that a bunch of gangsters were at a resort called Little Bohemia Lodge in Wisconsin. And it sounds like he's all over the place, but if you know the U.S. geography, all these states are right next door, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that big of a deal. So the tip said that both Babyface Nelson and John Dillinger were there, and they were both wanted. They were on the America's Most Wanted list, including, like, John Gotti and all of them at this time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, John Gotti was young, but anyway. Um, so the FBI decided to invade they were en route down to the Little Bohemia Lodge, and it's said to be, like, out in the middle of kind of nowhere. It's this luxury resort out in the middle of nowhere, and you, like, drive down this dirt road, and it's just trees, right? Oh. Like, beautiful, oh, right? And so, while they, whenever they turn on the road, it said that two of the cars, two of the police cars broke down. So, the agents that were in those two cars stood on the running boards of the other cars, like, held on to the outside of the cars. Yeah. Yeah. And while the cars were driving down this road. Okay. To go and arrest all of them. Yeah. So, the last two miles of this drive, they turn off their lights, their car lights, because they don't want to spook any of these mobsters. Right. Right? They turn off the lights. And they slowly are driving down this road because they don't want them to hear. Some of them being on the outside of the car. Some of them being on the outside of the car with, like, guns. Got it. It said it took them almost 30 minutes to drive two miles because that's how slow they were going. Like, they could have gone faster, like, walking. Well, right. So, they get to almost the entrance of this lodge and the dogs start barking. God. And they're like, fuck! Yep. So the <laughs> FBI agents took off on foot. They surround the lodge. Next thing you know, the machine gun is firing off of the roof of the lodge. So these mobsters are out there ready to fucking fight. They were prepared. They were prepared. They were prepared. So they start shooting at the agents. One agent ran to the, to the car to phone in for additional backup. And while on the phone... Learned that Babyface Nelson wasn't even there. And he was two miles away and he held up locals to steal their car at gunpoint because he was being cornered and followed by another FBI agent. So he saw these agents approaching, ends up shooting one of the FBI agents in the face, 
and the other agents like hold back and so Babyface Nelson took off. So they are still at this point like firing at this lodge because they're like, fuck it, we want John Dillinger. We're going to get him. Yeah. Well, little did they know when the gunshot stopped, John Dillinger wasn't there. Him and the five other mobsters left through the back of the house because they had gotten a call and tipped in that FBI was on their way. So who was doing the shooting? The other mobsters were shooting oh, back at the okay. FBI agents. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So him and five other mobsters left. So they were like fully prepared. Like fully, fully prepared. We've got a full game. Plan. Yes. Got it. Like they knew that the FBI was coming. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so... July 21, 1934. He's back in Chicago. A woman by the name of Anna Cupanis, or Cupanis was from Romania. Uh, she called the police with information about a man named John Dillinger. Well, she was not only a madam of a brothel where John and other uh, mobsters frequently visited... Um, but she was being threatened with deportation back to Romania. Mm. So she's like, if I call in and if I give any information about John Dillon, yeah. and there was a cash reward, of course, but if I give any information, I'm not going to be deported back to Romania. Yeah. I get to stay in the United States. So she said, I will give you whatever you want as long as you don't deport me back to the U.S. I feel like that's going to end badly for her. Well, the FBI said, we can't make any promises. All we can do is put in a good word, you know, for <laughs> so that way you can get deported. And she fucking went with it. So this is where it comes to an end for Mr. John Dillinger. Anna had told the FBI that him, that John Dillinger, a woman named Polly, and herself would be going to the movies the following night. She said that she would be wearing an orange dress so they would be able to quickly identify her. And obviously they knew what John Dillinger looked like. Yeah. So if they see a woman in an orange dress next to him, then they know it's them. Yeah. The next day, July 22nd, Anna called the FBI to confirm the plan of the movie theater and that John is indeed going to be there. 8.30 p.m., Anna, Polly, and John arrive at the Biograph Theater to see the Manhattan melodrama. Sounds like a great movie. Right. <laughs> FBI agent Cowley stated to all the other agents to wait outside of the theater. So let them watch the movie rather than to go in. Because they don't want an ambush of like like yeah. bullets, you know, and killing innocent people. They were also told to not endanger, endanger themselves and like approaching John Dillinger. Right. Because they didn't know what would happen. Um, and that if John offered any resistance, then it would be each man for themselves. Meaning like... <gasps> Yeah, like oh if John God. fires back, sorry, like that's Good on luck. you. Exactly. We ain't risking our lives. We didn't sign up for that. Exactly. So two hours later at 10.30 p.m., John, Polly, and Anna exited the theater. Agent Purvis lit a cigar as a signal for the other men to close in on John. John realized what was happening, quickly looked around and saw what was going on, grabbed his gun from his pocket, ran towards an alleyway, and five shots were fired from the FBI agents, three of them shooting Dillinger. 
He fell <gasps> face down onto the ground and 20 minutes later was pronounced dead at the Alexian Brothers Hospital. Okay, I am just relieved. I thought you were going to say that they killed the madam. <laughs> and so I'm like, she was trying to do a good thing. And I was like, no, let her die. A rat. I thought she they was a rat. I thought they, you were going to be like, they just fucking opened fire. Bang, 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 and just like shot everyone, like shot everyone no. on their path. Okay, good. No. Well, he's dead. Got it. He's dead. Um, he is buried or buried at Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, I don't know buried out of He's buried out right? in Indiana. <laughs> no, he uh, out in Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis. Um, so the FBI states that John Dillinger or the Dillinger gang is responsible for killing at least ten people, and this is including two police officers. Jeez. So this over kind a of, year too. Over they were a only year. well, they were technically a gang for less than a year, or was it about a year? No, it was about a year. Okay. Or, or honestly, a little more than a year because he was in prison. Prison, right? Yeah, he was in prison the first yeah. time in the nine years. So I don't know the time when it was. Yeah, but they were a gang for three, four, maybe five years. But yeah, so ten people, wow, were murdered in a year. Which, as we know, it takes three or more. To Not be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. So, friends, that is the story of John Dillinger. Again, if you want to watch a movie about him, Public Enemy is legit spot on with what I just talked about. Is it You'll specifically about him? It's about him. Okay. Yeah, it's about him and his crimes and all of that. And, like, it's wild. It's such a good movie. We haven't covered... Have we covered a mobster? We haven't. This is our first. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's like exciting because it's not like super. I mean, it's obviously sad, like people died, but it's not like wah wah. Mm -hmm. It's like adventurous. Yeah, it's not like they're targeting like innocent women or people, right? You know what I mean? Like they just want to make some money. They just want to make money. Yeah, Yeah. I mean the cops. The cops got their way. If they just left them alone, they would they would be alive. Alexis, like (laughs) they didn't kill innocent people. The cops are innocent. You can tell my history. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. But, yeah, that is the story of John Dillinger. That was fun. Yeah. Great and story. Madame Bustier or whatever her name is yeah. didn't die. Anna Kupanias so. from Romania. Kuplianos. Oh, bitch. I wonder How do you say birthday in Spanish? Kuplianos. Kuplianos. Yes. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. It just, that's what it sounds like. It kind of like. does. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Madam oh. Birthday. Madam Birthday. So, All right. Well, good one. Let us know if you like the mob stories. Yeah, let us know. Because we were saying that we hadn't done like a cultish vibe yeah. in a while. So this was like a good break from, you know, eating brains, <laughs> fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> All the bad shit. I mean, this is bad, but not that bad. Yeah. I mean. So it, it was fun. Hey. He made millions of dollars in millions. a year. Yeah. Millions of dollars in a so year. So, Evelyn, you said she went on to, like, never speak of this, never talk to anyone, like, basically. So, like, never never ratted on him. Yeah. I mean, she talked about her story, and it was said that she helped write the Public Enemy mm-hmm. movie. Like oh, movie. wow. But she never, like, told against him. Like, she never was against him. It was always, like, for John. Supportive. Like, she was yeah. supportive of him. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's love. 
It is love. <laughs> yeah, and what was wild and fascinating is whenever I was doing a lot of the research, I ended up reading through like the FBI documents of John Dillinger and of her. And it was so fascinating and wild. Cool. Yeah, and there were so many things that like they tried to say that he was involved in, like the Casey massacre massacre that happened in Kansas City in nineteen thirty three, but um a huge, like, mob massacre yeah. because of bank robbing and all of that. And so they tried to say that, like, he was involved, but he's like, no, I wasn't that big yet. Because he really wasn't. Like, no. I mean, he was well known to other mobsters, but he wasn't, like, involved right. with that. And there was another massacre event that happened that they tried to tie him to. And she ended up coming back saying, like, no. Like, he wasn't involved in that. So She's like, listen, 24 banks yeah. was enough. We didn't yeah. need another 30. Three right. hours down the road. So. Well, he had like 80-some pages with this FBI. And you can go to it. It's FBI.gov and you can type in John Dillinger. I'm not shitting you. Like, it's wild. I just love that you had to give the FBI's website. Yeah, I know. If you are interested, you can. But um, he had like 78 or 80-some pages, you know, about like documents and all of that. And she had 26. And she was only his girlfriend for like a year. I want someone official to write about me so I can, like... Well, you better go rob a bank. <laughs> yeah, I get it. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait, but right. you'd obviously have to be, like, a criminal yeah. of some kind. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, my brain is not working this episode. I've said some really stupid shit. <laughs> but, no. no, that was great. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, John Dillinger, everyone. John Dillinger. Go that watch Public Enemy number one with our our boy, JD. Public Enemy. So good. All right. Well, um, next we have a... Wait. Is the short story coming out after this or before this? After? Okay. So next week we have a short, sinister story for you guys. Um, here's a hint. It's mm. about a location, which I don't think we've covered locations yet. No. it's Yeah. It's in so, Canada. Canada. We're coming for you. You're not safe. You're not safe. So we're going to cover that, and then I think one more cancer, and then be moving on to the next phase of life. No, no. This is our last cancer. Oh, shit. Just kidding. This is the last Again, cancer. Again, her brain isn't working, so sorry for all of uh, the fake shit that's yes. coming out of her mouth. I'm just a liar. She has CNN, fake news. So is her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, we have, this is our last cancer story. There were so many serial killers that we could yeah, have covered. some really good ones. Um, so next year, we'll be, next year, cancer, yeah, we'll come back year. for you. Yeah. Cancers were weird ones. They were weird. They, they were very just like brutal. I don't want to say they were the most no. brutal, but they... No. Again, so much emotion. So much so much emotion. Yeah, but like, so with John, I didn't get that vibe. Like, I didn't get the cancer emotional vibes with him. Like, of course, he loved, you know, Evelyn and stuff like that. But he, and he was kill for he had her, close connections, her. though. Like, yeah. he had close connections with people. He did. So, yeah. I guess if you look at it like it from... Okay, well, for his good quality. And it's true because he didn't rob a bank by himself. Like, he yeah. had a team. Like, yeah. he had a team of robbers, and they would go in, and one person would do this, and the other person would do that. So, I guess that, that gets the emotional connection. But yeah. I just feel like he, other than, like, just him not giving a fuck. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's... Moody. Yeah. They're also moody. Yeah. Hmm. So, maybe that, that would be it, but... 
Yeah, definitely know. violent. Definitely like, violent. I can see where cancers are getting the rep of being the most violent criminals. Yeah, no definitely kidding. violent. Right. Same with Hannibal. Super violent. Crazy Charlie. Yeah. That was the one right before Hannibal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just weird. Okay, cancers. Well, peace out. Good luck. Peace um, out. Um... Patrons, yes. thank you guys. If you guys want to support the podcast, uh, again, we're talking about it a million times until August, but we're going to the podcast movement in August. Get to network, get to learn more about what we are doing. Hopefully <laughs> meet Daddy Rogan. Meet Daddy Rogan. Um, we're going with Avery from Chiller Queen Podcast. So subscribing and to our James Patreon. And Singer from Hide and Seek Podcast. And we're going with Will Ferrell. I will... <laughs> no. Supposedly, Will Ferrell's going to be there, but... Yeah, we'll see. Um, by subscribing to our Patreon um, or donating to our PayPal or buying our merch or whatever, by sending us a Venmo for coffee or whatever, it all is going to support us. the podcast movement in August, yes. so we definitely want your money. Whatever your next paycheck is, just don't even bother. Yeah. Just sign it over to us. We will gladly cash it. <laughs> and yeah, exactly what she said. And then another thing that we've been talking about is if you are ever interested in starting your own podcast, send us an email. So link in the bio is there. All of our contact info is wherever you listen to us or watch us or whatnot. Um, but send us an email because we have a promo for you and we have a way that you can get a $25 gift card. So yeah, let us know if you're interested. As long as it's not better than ours, like do not even, don't even think, think about don't it. Don't even because th if think so, about it. That is going in our delete folder. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> with hisses. Yes. We will junk mail you really hard. So if, as it has to be a stupid idea, something that's not going to be successful. And then we'll help you guys get started with that. Amen. <laughs> jab, 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 jab. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we are getting canceled. Today. Um, today. Thank you guys so much. We will yes. see you next week. Cancers. Bye. Peace out.